this again. Uh, I don't remember. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, you should keep this in it, actually. It's been three months. We're a little rusty. I don't really know. Yeah. Welcome back to Bon Voyage, everybody, I think. Yeah, yeah I'm, that's uh, what it goes like. Coming to you from an undisclosed location outside of Halifax. <laughs> I have to bleep we're, we're, that again. <laughs> no, I don't think you have to bleep it. Uh, yeah, I'm Rob. And I'm Adam. My trusty sidekick. Ooh, sorry. I don't know if you identify as my sidekick. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, what's it been? Like three months since we've done one of these? Yeah, the last one was our ranking. Is that, that true? Yeah, that was late October or... It was right after. Right after well, no October eighth was no time to die. It yeah. was probably released late October, because we did our no time to die one and then the rankings right after. Yeah. So yeah, three months or so. We're back just to check in on you all to discuss how our winter's going, and we're gonna watch Austin Powers. And you can probably tell that we're in the same room using one microphone because <laughs> uh, my trip abroad didn't work out visa wise, mm-hmm. uh, as. Anyone who's traveled before knows that's a friggin' bitch. So so he's back in Station C here with me, happily, I suppose. Well, or unhappily for you, I suppose. Big move like that not working out, it's a bit of a bummer. It, I'm tired, I can put it that way. Yeah. Not to mention all the other jazz going on in the world. Yeah, how's democracy where you all are? Ooh, and uh, actually, that's not even getting political, because depending on... Which side of the fence you're on? Apparently, both sides think democracy's in trouble right now. So, <laughs> which side is Rob on? Uh, <laughs> and it's not a it's not a two sided shape. It's like a fair enough three hundred sided shape. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna watch Austin Powers, as Rob said. Yes, we are. So, we, it took us so long to even start this podcast because we've just been catching up about the state of things, but. It's fun to just escape. Like Bond is uh, a fun escape, but Austin Powers, even more fun escape. I wonder if we'll be able to focus on just uh, ridiculous comedy. Yeah. I think so. Uh, before we get into that, how have you seen a Bond movie since we were done? I um, guess I know you have. I'm lying you, for the you're, audience. You're, you're leading. I am leading. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just pulled back the curtain there on... on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so... Too honest. I watched No Time to Die again with my daddy Uh His first time seeing it, he didn't go to the theaters. Right. So I liked it a lot again the second time. Mm-hmm. That's the only... But contrary to Rob, I don't think I've thought about Bond very much since I since don't then. believe you for one fucking I, second. <laughs> so my Twitter now, it, it Bond things come up. And every time there's some Bond tweet... I, I, I look at it and I'm like, huh, I have an opinion. <laughs> and then I scroll by. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Heather was, she's actually been tweeting about it. Uh, like she gets it enough here. She's been on the podcast and now her friggin', she almost created a new Twitter account just because there's so much goddamn bond to hers <laughs> now. It's so funny. Yeah. That's been, uh, I've spent more time on there because we're not doing this anymore to get my bond fix. Because... So I watched a few of the movies. I've watched Tomorrow Never Dies since. I think I threw on Goldfinger in the background once. And I watched, I binged all five Craigs with my dad. Mm-hmm. Which, in three months, that sounds like a lot. But that's not a lot of bomb material. I, f- I find myself, like, I started Man with the Golden Gun and I was bored. Like, I, I'm not really oh, into okay. it. But I'm still really enjoying Bond Twitter. And mm-hmm. conversing with people there. And I should... 
plug a lot of the uh, support that we've gotten there, but I don't have the names in front of me. You all know who you are. We love you. Because mm-hmm. uh, they did that. Somebody did a 30-day challenge. There's a different question for every day. And one of them was name a Bond podcast. And we actually had quite a few plugs that day. So that was oh, nice, nice to see that people are... Because we don't get... I see how many downloads there are, but very few comments. There haven't been any comments. Mm-hmm. Been a couple emails and people who uh, on Twitter or Instagram who commented, but no, not like specifically about the episode or whatever. So seeing that people are actually listening and listening enough to recommend it is pretty cool. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, watching them with my dad. He had never seen a Daniel Craig one. He hadn't watched, like, he knew that I'm a big Bond fan. As I've said on this podcast, I got my fandom from my uncle, not my dad. Yeah. Dad's more of a, it's funny, he used to really like good movies. Like, Godfather was always his favorite movie. If Godfather came out today, there's no fucking way he'd watch it. Like, he would say, slow. Like, the 2000s changed him. Like, post-24, post-Taken, he just Mm -hmm. needs complete action so he he quite liked the the daniel craig ones i've tried to watch old ones with him he's just not into it but um watching those five back to back that fast was really cool i liked the way we watched it with casino royale and quantum and then all the other movies yeah yeah but just his five together do work really well there is like there's the two part like casino quantum then the standalone skyfall and specter no time to die it's a like those two go together and the first two go together mm-hmm. and the best movie that's ever been made in the middle. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I really, really enjoy his tenure. It's like my those five movies are possibly my favorite series. Obviously, I love the old ones. But um, yeah, it, it really works well now that the dust has settled a bit. No Time to Die is not my... It dropped a little bit. Uh-huh. Just because of how long it is more like i love quantum it's an hour and 40 minutes you can watch that so quick but 245 and it is heavy yeah if it was like a two-parter like all the cuba stuff and the fir- the start of the movie like the pre-title is amazing but yeah it's just it's kind of like i think over time it'll be a bit like from russia with love i know it's like one of the highest quality ones but i watch it less just because yeah, it's yeah. slower more of a drama great acting like it's better it's it's good yeah by all accounts it's better but i think i'll watch it less than other daniel craig's well especially like re-watching movies like uh because i in general i what part of why i haven't watched bond movies much since we finished is because i don't generally re-watch movies Mm. uh that much anymore but uh even re-watching a movie it's easier if it's kind of light-hearted and stuff because like you can only experience the no time to die the first time once. Right. For the full weight of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. It's funny, the rewatching thing. There's people who do and people who don't. Or people who do fewer, I guess. I, I hate when people say there's only two types of people. But, man, <laughs> I rewatch. Like, I have so much less interest in watching, like, all the Best Picture nominations. That just came out last week. Than just, I'll throw on the West Wing all seven seasons and just watch that again. <laughs> or yeah. we just watched uh, Mad Men. I've seen it three times now. The whole friggin' series. I don't know. I'm a big rewatcher. Yeah, like it, I do get until you don't get anything anymore. Like I watched The Departed probably nine times. I never need to see it again because the last time I watched, it, I was like, I'm good. I got it all. Yeah, I, I find I like if there's something I really like, I'll rewatch it like with someone, for example, right? Like sure. this podcast being an example of that. 
like totally. rewatching Breaking Bad or something like that. But in general, I'd rather watch a new movie than one I've seen recently. Especially. I think that's yeah. I think you're onto something. By myself, I think you're right. Unless I'm like doing chores or something, I'll put yeah. something I've seen. But if I actually just want to watch something, you're right. I do go to something I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm going through some kind of trauma and I need a comfort show yeah, yeah. or whatever, just something that makes me feel good, that I might do that. But like, I don't know, Hamilton or uh, that Bull Burnham one that you talked yeah, that yeah. I was so, re- not reluctant, but just didn't watch forever. That is one that I love to watch with someone who hasn't seen it. Like, I wouldn't put it on again by myself, but if someone hasn't seen it and we're all sitting around, like, we should watch that. Yeah. It's one yeah. of those ones that's really fun to watch with people. No Time to Die will be like that. Yeah, exactly. No Time, like, like you said, you watched all, all of them with your dad, and that's what I did too, except I went to Poland. He was pissed. A couple. He was pissed. He was pissed. <laughs> and so was my sister. So she had, I, I watched uh, Casino and Quantum with my sister like a year ago, and she's been meaning to catch up. And then when I was home, she heard that Dad and I were doing this, so she and her partner watched Skyfall Inspector while we were watching the first four, and then we all watched No Time to Die together. And yeah, they were all pretty pissed. Like, just what? Like, similar to a lot of reaction online, just why? Why they act? Like, I don't know. They, a lot of people are, they feel like they killed them just for the sake of it to be shocking. And you have to really discuss it like we do or obsess and watch and pick it apart to realize that's not at all the case. Like it, it is, it made sense for his character, for that version of the character. Well, you look at like, uh, I don't remember which Avengers it was, but people have died. Only, only one really. Yeah. Because they, one of the things that drives me crazy about Marvel is whenever someone dies, they almost always come back to life. It's usually just some (laughs) stupid, like I don't know how many times fucking Loki has died, but Tony died. And he, and yes. it was awesome, and it made sense, and he yeah. saved everybody. It was heroic, and it he was done. Robert Downey Jr. was done, it, and it packed so much weight because they normally don't die, and they almost always come back, and heroes always win, but it made sense. Well, that, but that's exactly No Time to Die as well. I agree. Yeah. There's, so it made sense. It made sense story-wise. It made sense for everything, plus a part of why people don't like it is people don't like tragedy. I yeah. I don't mind tragedy. Like that's there's yeah. only comedy or tragedy typically for stories, and I like I like tragedy almost as much as comedy. I I like the mixture of both. Which, I mean, Majesties maybe License to Kill, and this one like most have more comedy than drama or tragedy. Even I know there's a lot of death, but it's not typically tragic like if you had to do the greek definition of a of a story whether it's comedy or tragedy mm-hmm. i would say most bond movies fall into comedy because they do like someone dies and then there's a quip or something right, right? right. like you think of brosnan or, or something like certainly that. all of brosies yeah yeah so because because you're right when you think of like shakespeare or something the only difference it's not whether or not people die it's what people say yeah, after someone dies. and if it's just not to plug Shakespeare too much if it's a comedy of errors which is a lot of Bond movies like there's it's heavy uh, material possibly but it's outrageous which puts which lumps it into the comedy category I think Mm -hmm. wow we're off on a tangent (laughs) yeah well quick tangent on the tangent is I watched the movie uh, The Woman at the Window uh, which is like a psychological thriller or something I don't think I've seen it it's cheesy cheesy kind of movie 
and then there was a spoof miniseries with Kristen Bell, uh, the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window, or okay, something like nice. that. And oh, it was recent on Netflix. Who was it? The woman in the window. Was it? Was she in like New York and a townhouse? And she never. She was agoraphobic. Was yeah, it Amy yeah. Adams. Maybe. And, like, she thinks she witnesses a murder across the street. Exactly. It was a remake, sort of, of Rear Window. Probably. Which, yeah. Uh, yeah. And she imagined the wife coming over and the kid coming over. And so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I that, did see that. Yeah, yeah. I did see that. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's, like, it's not, like, anything to write home about, but it's a movie that and I liked it. And then Kept the, you guessing. Then there's this spoof miniseries that's, like, not even really a spoof. Right. Because there's just, like, some elements that are, like, exaggerated. Uh, sure. This is what made me think of it because it's like, it's just outrageous. Right. But it also takes itself seriously. Like this is it's weird. It's almost like we had a script and intended to do this because that's a perfect segue to Austin Powers, <laughs> which is go. sort of a spoof. It's a spoof of so many things. You haven't mm-hmm. seen it, right? I so Austin Powers. My brief history is I have have not seen it, but it was very popular when I was like a preteen teenager. So I got references. I've seen clips. I've probably seen part of it before. So many, it was so popular, more popular than Bond was at the time. Like, so many people who love it have no idea that it's a Bond spoof. Mm-hmm. And it is more than that. It's the swing in 60s spoof. It's, uh, there's a Michael Caine series that I'm blanking on right now. Uh, and big time spoof in Casino Royale. But at the heart of it was Bond. Like, uh, Mike Myers' parents are from Liverpool. So he, they had all things British all the time, and Bond was huge in his household growing up. I, I had a quote that I was going to read, but something, to, like to paraphrase, it was, it was that. Like, Bond was such a presence, and it's nothing but love for Bond. And he had Bond completely in mind the whole time. Like, that's why he did this, on top mm-hmm. of his parents just being complete Anglo... Well, they're British. He's an Anglophile. Like, there's another quote in this article that I read, uh, like... There's not no more proud Brit than a former Brit or something like that. <laughs> like a British person living in Canada or America uh-huh. yeah. loves everything British even more. Like it gains flavor coming across the Atlantic, whatever it is. Yeah. So he grew up with Monty Python, Bond, the Beatles, all Peter Sellers stuff. So that's all the heavy influences there. So yeah, you want to check it out? I'm going to try to, you just watch it. I'm going to try to take note and f- see if we can catch all the references. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to be a normal episode where, like, obviously we're not going to talk about, well, maybe there is a pre-title sequence and a song and yeah, all of yeah. that, but we'll just see how but it goes. A loose, loose structure. Yeah. No other background info. When did this come out? 97. 97. Same year as Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's three of them? Yeah. Okay. Which we might do. We'll see. Yeah, Spy yeah. Who Shagged Me and Goldmember. Are the, and this one yes. is International Man of Mystery. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, okay. uh, yeah, the amount of money it made. Like, he got, I, f- I forget how much it was, but it was like 20 or 30 million he got for either doing the second or third one, which was the record at the time. Like, it was gigantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Let's go watch. All right. We'll be right back.
Okay, we're back. <laughs> we're uh, we're rusty, clearly. Yeah. What are the, I don't know. That was like fun. I missed you, and it's fun yeah. to watch a movie with you. But it's a lot shorter it, than most yeah, Bond movies. Hour and twenty five minutes, and there's a few great chuckles. The funniest parts of it are the the parts that I remember from like as mm-hmm. a kid. It's not. It's fine. There's a few really funny moments, yeah. but the comedy didn't age as well as it might have <laughs> yeah the, the comedy doesn't age well for the james bond spoof as the spy movies of the 60s age well in my opinion i mean i know this for you the sexism and whatnot doesn't age well but like well. the filmmaking style and i don't know his acting and the coolness and the the innovative filming techniques and all that age so well for those 60s movies but this is just a kind of by the non by the numbers safe 90s comedy yeah with i didn't write them all down but i have 37 references that i (laughs) that i jot down so there's a lot of bond references there was there was a lot there was enough that i think if you didn't know bond you you miss quite a bit in this movie i mean it's still funny but like random task for example right what would that yeah, all right. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. What would you get out of it? Just, uh, I think you would get that it is making fun of something. Yeah, it, would, like, it, it feels like it makes fun of action movies in general, in a way. Right. And again, because James Bond is referenced all the time. Yeah, you'd have to live under quite a rock to have never even heard of Bond. Or to have at least some understanding that, you know, that he's the Everest of spy movies. And that's probably what this is making fun of. British spy with outrageous villains. Yeah. Most people have heard of that, right? Probably. Maybe maybe I'm a little naive here. Because I think before we did this podcast, my relationship with James Bond was like, I would, I would forget about that James Bond would exist probably for five to 10 years at a time. Right. Like, but you would have known, like, uh, we do a trivia night often. If there was a question like, like who's the most famous spy. movie spy, you probably somewhere just through picking it up in pop culture would have said James probably. Bond. Yeah, because Bond, James Bond. Like, actually, similar to Bond, my relationship with this movie before was all of the lines, right? Like, all of the re- things that are referenced, right? Like, one just, yeah, million baby. dollars, right. and he puts his pinky, like... There's yeah, baby. So, yeah. Like, I feel like... It's stuff like my dad probably said a bunch when I was growing up because it came out in 97. Right. Yeah, so funny that it came out. Poor Brosnan. I wonder how much that impacted. Because like, then Die Another Day came out, Well, right? Tomorrow Never Dies came out the same year. And then The Spy Who Shagged Me was out with uh, World Is Not Enough. And then, yeah, Die Another Day after that. Like, mm-hmm. making these coincide, making an actual Bond movie coinciding with this shit must have just been humiliating <laughs> yeah did you enjoy it at all <laughs> it's oh, fine. i enjoyed it okay. yeah and not as much as i thought i thought i would enjoy it a lot more i think but i actually thought i would too it's, yeah and i would know that there are at least when i was a kid i found the second one the funniest but i mm-hmm. bet you that won't hold up either. It was like dirtier, sillier shit. It's like any kind of yeah. 90s. Actually, it's not just 90s. Most sequels just take the funniest bits from the original and add a little bit to it. Yeah. And there's a lot of that. Like this, there's there's a bunch of comedies that do this, but 
It's the type of comedy where they hammer something home. They have a funny idea. They make they say it over and over and over mm. again to the point of it not being funny, and then one more time, and it's almost funny. Like Doctor yeah. Evil Town Scott to shush. Well, it's like uh, it makes it more like iconic, right? Like people will repeat those things and stuff like that. And it feels almost like childish in a lot of ways. And I don't know if that's just how comedy. It's yeah. I know been. you are, but what am I ism? Yeah, it's yeah. that kind of thing. It just keeps going. And when Mustafa fell down into the little fire pit, yes. he just wouldn't die. Although that one was actually kind of funny. Yeah, but you can picture like an eight-year-old losing their mind watching this. Yes, you know, and I stuff think like I, that. I think I, I was ten when this came out. Yeah, and everybody was doing the the pinky. Yeah. Uh, there's my dog freaking out. Yes, there's a lot of quotables. Yes, yeah, for sure. Because I when did um, the second two come out? Probably, it was such a hit. Probably ninety nine, and then Gold Member was a bit later. Mm-hmm. I was in high school for sure. I would say that was like oh two or oh three. Because that's the one that probably was popular when I was like kind of young and yeah, Gold Member. That's Gold with Member. Beyonce. I like how it took you halfway through and you're like, who plays Dr. Evil? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Was it obvious after I said it? Uh, yeah, I guess. I didn't really think about it that much, but yeah. Oh, it was funny when Dr. Evil was like, you and I are not so different. <laughs> yes. It's the same actor. Yeah, that is pretty, that. there's a lot of meta stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Should I go through some of these direct references or does anybody care? Let's go through them quickly. Hilarious that I said, I'm going to do this. And the very first shot is Blofeld's cat and then Blofeld yes. petting a cat. Yeah. So you know what you're getting into. There's two right away. Well, even before that, it has like a title card with like like outside of Vegas, 1967. Sure. Right. At 67 was the year You Only Live Twice comes out. And mm-hmm. it's the You Only Live Twice Blofeld, who Dr. Evil is. Yeah. And Dr. Evil, of course, is a reference to Dr. No. So there's four within the first 15 seconds. Yeah. The Thunderball table, the live and let die lair, I'm pretty sure. The one, like, Kanangas lair with those steps going up, the kind of cave one. With the water, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's his lair. Basil Exposition is clearly M, and that's just a fucking hilarious name. Exposition. Exposition, yeah. His suit is uh, George's blue velvet suit from Under Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, okay. That he wears at the casino. Uh, the man in drag punch from Thunderball. Yeah. Direct. Uh, the reanimation sequence when he's being thawed out is when they're being decontaminated. In, in Dr. Dr. Nose Lair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Anytime I say any of these and you have anything more to add, go for it. Uh-huh. The uh, corsage that uh, Basil's wearing when he's yeah. briefing him is the is Bonds from Goldfinger, the big red corsage, and also from Spectre. Uh, Number two being Largo from Thunderball with the... Mm -hmm. And also fucking hilarious that they just call him... Because in From Russia With Love... There's numbers. Number one and number six and number whatever. So he's just straight up number two. But he's definitely referencing... uh, Largo from Thunderball. There's a lot of Thunderball in this, which makes it hard because that's the one I've seen the least. Yeah. And Diamonds. And Diamonds. The, the two that I've seen the least because there's so much Diamonds are forever in it. Uh, Maybe uh, that's why you don't watch them because you just think, you know, Austin Powers did this better. It could be, yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, Random Task. 
odd job. Odd job, which is just that's that's what I mean when I say like Bond fans get more out of it because. And I I can't tell if that's a just for kids that joke or if it's brilliant because it's fucking hilarious. It's let, funny. Let, yeah. Let's call him Random Task. <laughs> like, why was his name Odd Job? It. See, he Mike Myers says these movies are all about love. But they really do take the piss out of a lot of it. Well, like, yeah, but... <laughs> which is fair. It's like, why love, the hell yeah. was his name Odd Job? Yeah. Well, it's just all, all the names are variations on the, on the Bond <laughs> See, stuff, right? I'll go... I'm going to step away from this for a second. I'm going to mark where I was. Um, I was having a conversation with someone on Twitter the other day about... The, he had the nerve to say the Craig movies are the only ones with plot holes. Like... But yeah, that's... <laughs> And there are plot holes, sort of, in the Craig era. and or absolutely stuff that just doesn't make sense. But that's the whole thing. It, like you have to accept the nonsense. So yeah. how do you accept nonsense but still say it's pretty good? Still say it has uh, a lot of quality. I mean, Christ, I guess this is the whole point—not the whole point, but a big part of this whole podcast, wasn't it? How to reconcile? Like, is it just yeah. pure fandom and love, or is there quality well, here? Well, and does that matter? <laughs> The thing is, like you said, so the quote you have for Mike Myers is that it was always in his house or something, and it all comes from, from how, love. How important it was, or how present it was in his yeah. house, yeah. So, in this whole Bond community in general, and the different Bond podcasts and stuff, you, you wouldn't make a podcast about something, or you wouldn't be yelling on Twitter if you didn't care. Right. right? It's the same. He wouldn't make a, he wouldn't be so invested in this spoof if he right. didn't, like, it's not to take, it's not to, to, to break it down, it's not yeah, to it's, or to take the piss out of it. Yeah, like I said. not necessarily. Even it, though it it does actually. Yeah, there's like some healthy criticisms and stuff in there, but it's in it's in. Again, you wouldn't do it if you didn't love it. If it was just awful, why would you? Why um, would you do that? <laughs> I uh, I struggle in defending Craig, and by saying like, "Hey, there's always been plot holes." I'm always like, "I don't want to do that" because it sounds like I'm tearing apart the old ones, and I love the old ones, but. Do these people think that about the Craig? Like, how come some people so don't hesitate to just bring down one or many of the films in the series they pretend to love? They would, like, some people are yeah. totally okay with writing entire movies off. Like, I can accept Diamonds Are Forever and Die Another Day yeah. and, and even kind of love them and enjoy it. Like, some of them have no patience for some of the Craig ones or whatever. Well, that's the thing. We, we've talked about it, I feel like, time and again. But it's just, it's not, it's not about the movies at that point. There's some other, like, it's like, there's some hill people are trying to die on, right? There's some kind of principle thing. It, it's like a lot of things in the world I these suppose. days. People, people just stick to some principle, just, like, and people everything has stubborn. to be uh, catered directly for them. Yeah. But they, they build such blinders for themselves where mm -hmm. they have a critique of one thing that kind of was off-putting for them that they didn't like that they'll totally like the exact same thing might happen in the thing they do like and they'll completely ignore it mm -hmm. like we, i'm sure we talked about it plenty and have brought it's been three months since we've had a chat about this shit but like the amount of plot holes in goldfinger which is like the gold standard pun intended for bond movies mm -hmm. it there's so many things that don't make sense from the villain's point of view in that yeah. movie and i and it's awesome i freaking love it but anybody who says you know Silva getting captured in Skyfall was just a little too easy. Like, and they stole from the Dark Knight or whatever it is. There's a few holes there, but it's totally okay with Goldfinger 
telling all the gangsters his plan and then gassing them. Uh, yeah. Like, I, there, there's so many holes. <laughs> like I said, people just want to be mad about stuff and they just pick their things and they stick to it, right? It doesn't, it's not, it's not logical. I right? guess. We're all just like I'm very glad, <laughs> as cheesy as it is, I'm glad I have the other disposition. Although I'm hard on things often, but I also just fucking love yeah. <laughs> these yeah. things. It's it's much more fun that way. Anyway, so all that to say, you can laugh at random tasks and still like odd job. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's not like liking. It's not like you like odd job because he's a very you know serious character, right? Even it's, in the first place, it's almost like uh, really liking stand up comedy. Even like. They're playing a character up there and they're making fun of a thing. That doesn't mean you have to hate the thing they're making fun of. Yeah. You're pointing out holes and logic and flaws and stuff like that. Yeah. You can still appreciate whatever it is they're talking about, but you have to be able to laugh at Yeah, it's, stuff. it's not like fully at the expense of Bond or something in this case. No, no. It's like... <laughs> It's like we all like there's silly parts to this shit and like yeah he throws his hat hat at things and knocks the yeah. heads off stone or marble friggin statues so friggin statues <laughs> but whipping his shoe off and doing that yeah. like that's just so funny well it's funny because they literally all they did was change his name to something slightly different and change the thing he threw to his shoe I like how he was still wearing the same outfit yeah. same hat a similar looking <laughs> actor and everything. <laughs> Like, they they literally barely changed a thing, and it was funny. It might Still. be the funniest part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it might be the funniest uh, switch or reference to Bond. Mm-hmm. All the rest, I mean, there's a lot that's pretty great, but the other really funny moments aren't necessarily Bond stuff. But get to that after. Yeah, let's go through more of these references. Uh, Frau is that Cleb from? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. So her, uh, the table opening up into a model is from A View to a Kill and. Also, Goldfinger, I guess, because the pool table. But like that, the table looked very similar to the Avtech table in the blimp. And also the table from Thunderball. And in the blimp, they did the thing where they slid down into their demise, right? Well, there's a few of those. It's also in Spy, and uh, that's in a bunch of them. And, oh no, there's not a hole in Thunderball. It's just the seats electrified, Mm -hmm. right, around the table. The plot, the villain's plot is Thunderball and... Christ, it's a button. Steal a nuke. And yeah, there's a couple ransom. Roger Moore's, I think, that are like that. Yeah, Spy Who Love Me is... It's not even a ransom, is it? Isn't he just planning on sending... The, like, there's often they steal a nuke. Sometimes it's to ransom, which is like Thunderball. Sometimes it's just to blow something up to create either a war between other parties or to... There was one where Istanbul was at risk. Was that world is not enough? Yeah. Yeah. So that was to... There's no ransom involved. They wanted to blow up a city so she could have... Her pipeline went to a different city. The competing pipelines went to Istanbul. Uh-huh. So it was to... Well, there's another similarity. All the corporate... Like, number two in this movie yeah. represents all the corporate villains who just wants his businesses to succeed. Well, it was funny, like, all the references to money and stuff and how he's like, one million dollars. And he's like, dude, like that's that's nothing now. Yeah, we make nine billion a year. Yeah, so even asking for a hundred billion is like, well... Or we could just skip all this. It's just, just keep, keep being rich anyway. Be, <laughs> like, be law-abiding criminals, like yeah. these big evil corporations. Yeah, Which is maybe a reference to how the real world has these actual criminals. <laughs> I would say that, exactly. Like, we don't actually need to steal a nuke. We can just be... Yeah, we can make more money through, mm-hmm. you know, legal loopholes or whatever. 
Uh, the casino scene is right out of Thunderball when he's playing, when they play uh, Blackjack and he stays on five. That's mm-hmm. from Thunderball. That's when Bond meets Largo and Fiona Volpe, I think. Mm-hmm. A lot of vagina. That part, for some fucking reason. I'm Rich Cunningham and this is my wife, Oprah. <laughs> she just sort of does this weird look like, yeah. why Oprah? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a Thunderball scene. Where was I? A lot of vagina, pussy galore. That's quite heavily on the nose. Yeah. That's another one. That's like, actually, it's very similar to Random Task and Odd Job. Yes. Yeah, yeah. A lot of vagina. (laughs) A lot of. And pussy galore. Or, uh, what was the, um, the dominatrix, uh, woman? On a top. On a top. Yeah. Yeah. Xenia. Zinya on a top. But yeah, just taking that name literally is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Vegas and the... So Diamonds Are Forever. The big hotel for... What was it? VultureCon or something like that? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Vultra. That just... Vulcan? Project Vulcan was one of the projects in this. Mm, Is that a reference to one of them? Vulcan, Vulcan, Vulture. It sounds like it. Like, I think there's something that rings a bell. Yeah, me too. Just now. It it didn't while we were watching it. Anyway, lots of diamond stuff with all the the casino and the desert. Vegas. Yeah. Uh, The whole Alada's apartment breaking in. That was all. That was like one of the most Bondy scenes. Him sneaking in to a hench person, hench woman's hotel room or whatever yeah taking the pictures and then seducing her or being seduced yeah sleeping with the villain the villain's lady or the bad hench lady like that happens all the time and there were direct they quoted you only live twice the men come first Uh that joke happened in the hot tub and the hot tub scene was very much like the scene in a view to a kill which you pointed Mm -hmm. out and tchaikovsky yeah exactly but the room itself was from You Only Live Twice Again. Yeah. Yeah. Yolt. Yolt and Saki. Oh, the uh, friggin' Dr. Evil's monologue about his upbringing. He mentioned taking luge lessons, yeah. which this is a stretch, but that could reference when he's bobsledding in Majesties. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. a bit of a stretch, but that scene is awesome. When, you know what I mean, at counseling, yeah, yeah. when Leia is giving them... Uh, father-son counseling i don't know why but because mm-hmm. how heavy and disgusting and morbid in such an outrageous silly movie and it made me think of i don't know how many villains i would like to see have that speech like talk about you know how we say they're always just so fucking crazy like yeah what brings a character like to like, this point so what was their childhood like like another mockumentary would be like your modeling one um it would be like therapy sessions with the villains. Right. Like Dr. No's therapy session or like... Uh, totally. Yeah, that would be yeah. a great... Like um, name one of those docu-series on Netflix or whatever, like Making a Murderer or whatever. Mm-hmm. A whole series on all of Bond's villains, like their whole story, their upbringing, their childhood, their, the abuse when they were a teenager, the, yeah. the, you know, the first time they were arrested, how they built this criminal organization or became the head of a heroin ring in some made-up country or whatever the <laughs> hell. That would be hilarious. Uh, the base at the end was the Moonraker base. 
like where they were doing the where they were putting the nuke in the drill mm-hmm. that yeah, was yeah. like when they took off in moonraker i noticed dr evil had a, uh, his ring i for some reason it took me a while to notice that that's like the specter ring yeah of course uh no i expect him to die goldfinger obviously uh the whole getting bond and dining him and mm-hmm. giving him clothes yeah what's he say quasi futuristic clothes yeah yeah <laughs> and i mean and that whole exchange with uh his son where it's like oh we could just shoot them it's like no we need to put them in an elaborate way to kill them where they can escape yeah a reference to every single bond movie <laughs> Put them on the unnecessarily slow dipping device. Yes. <laughs> like live and let die. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then right after that, the like five one liners when Buddy's yes. head got bit off. That's uh, not the way to get ahead. <laughs> you'll never be the head of a major corporation. All right. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then the Dr. No biohazard suit. Yeah. That Dr. Evil is wearing in that final scene. And the last one I wrote was uh, henchman having a final reappearance. Yes, in the hotel room. Yeah. It's unfortunate they didn't end. They were on a balcony in a hotel instead of on a floating device in water. Because all of Connery's ended that way, just about. The first three, anyway. Did Thunderball? They always end in the water, anyway. Connery's did. Mm Mm-hmm. So that would have been nice. But anyway, I'm sure there are plenty more. Like, there are some, like, when they... Uh, the guy who got run over by the uh, steamroller. <laughs> yeah, that's like the forklift, right? No. No, but I, I mean like how far away he was and didn't yes. get... But that might be... That's kind of more making fun of all action movies whenever yeah, anybody yeah. gets run over by something far away. Have you yeah. watched any of the... Do you know who I mean by Leslie Nielsen? The, no. Yeah, a bit before your time. He did He was like a... Captain Spoof, Spoofster. He did the Naked Gun trilogy, which makes fun of like film noir cop movies. He actually okay. did one that we, that is a bit of a Bond parody because it has a pre-title sequence and a song and all that. That Weird Al did the song. It's called Spy Hard. And Spy it, Hard. <laughs> yeah. And it makes fun of obviously Die Hard and Bond movies and a bunch of other movies. Um, That's funny. In that, I think it might be that one, or he was, oh no, it was called uh, Wrongfully Accused, Mm -hmm. uh, which was a spoof of The Fugitive. And in The Fugitive, the main guy uh, jumps out of a train as it's crashing, and it gets derailed, and he's running forward, like running away from it, instead of just off to the right or left. And it (laughs) looks so stupid. Like, just go three feet to the right, or keep running forward. And in the spoof movie, it, like, starts chasing him through the woods. (laughs) (laughs) He's, like, jumping behind trees, and it's, like, sneaking around trying to find him. That's really funny. That's what the steamroller bit reminds me of. Like, all the times when someone didn't get out of the way when they had lots of time what was that room called oh the steamroller test facility Facility. (laughs) yeah Yeah. i bet you there's a lot of that shit that maybe we didn't notice like the Um, signs on the wall and stuff like that that's pretty funny yeah yeah um i mean we don't need to go into the fucking plot you said it's the plot is just so ridiculous and that's when i realized it's not really about dr evil's plot or the movie it's just a like the actual movie is moving on or 
how to live in the new age, being old school, which yeah. you said is kind of meta. Yeah, like the whole meta commentary right from the get-go is that Blofeld and uh, Bond, you know, powers and evil in this case, are, are cryogenically frozen in 67 and then brought back in 97. And I remember the first Brazi movie, there was with Judy Dench's M, they were like, oh, you're, you're a dinosaur, right? referencing misogyny and... Goldeneye. Goldeneye, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's so, there's like kind of serious commentary in that way where it's like referencing how the, maybe the Bond character is has been kind of frozen in time and brought sure. forward. And does it work? <laughs> and and we, there's reconciling that has to go along with that anyway, which is what happens in the... At the, the end, yeah. I like that reconciliation. He's like, ah, it's it's not that we gave up and evil didn't win. It's we have all the freedom, but also responsibility. It's yeah. very groovy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which it's it's called growing up a little bit, which yes. is you know what the hippies had to do. And he's not like it's cynical to say we completely lost. It's a continuing fight. Obviously, we referenced the world we're in right now at the start of this podcast. Yes. So Jesus, not not that you should take anything serious out of Austin Powers, but there's lessons to be learned here. The 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 well, a funny thing when he was unfrozen and they were like, oh, the Cold War has ended, and he was like, oh, that's great, those capitalist <laughs> bastards will get what they deserve, comrades. And they were like, no, no, we we won. Oh, okay, okay, yes, okay. Gro- groovy, go capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. Me too. Moon landing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Just one side note when he's. Once, what's her name? Vanessa is mad at him and he's trying to catch up on all this stuff. Yeah. But he's watching all those videos and tried to play a CD on a record player. The His moon landing reaction. Just, yeah, just it's not at that. all like, like I, I mentioned earlier, we just watched um, Mad Men again. And they do the moon landing in that. And they also did it in, what's the Netflix? It's not The Queen. The Crown? The Crown, They yeah. dealt with the moon landing in that too. And yeah. I, I, I'm always fascinated about how the whole world watched it or whatever and everybody's always so goddamn moved and his he's just whoa like i felt like his was the most realistic not yeah. like completely flabbergasted blown away just like wow yeah yeah <laughs> like hands in the air and he kind of looked like wtf like what yeah. <laughs> like i missed that too man that's that's some cool shit <laughs> yeah do you when did they like start the moon landing plan or whatever because if he was frozen in 67 was it like would it have been a surprise it was right after 69 i know but they were trying well kennedy said i believe in 61 was it 61 or it could have been because it is easy yeah but because it is hard (laughs) exactly yeah it was a one of those big bold president by the end of this decade we will go to the moon it was just a big campaign promise and and they did it Okay. Which is not to turn this into a science or a moon podcast, but I forget what the number is. It was like my Neolithic or like my ancient history is hazy right now. But whenever the wheel came in, it was like 5,000 years after the wheel to flying. And then Mm -hmm. 50 years later, we were on the moon or 60 years later, we Mm -hmm. were on the moon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's, That's quite a jump. We were on some exponential growth, technologically speaking. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, just within our lifetimes, we can yeah. see a lot of that. Uh, I feel like we've slowed down. Well, it, a lot of it is more imperceptible, right? Yeah. It's just things are like, 
I don't know. To go from a VCR to a DVD player to Netflix to streaming on your phone, it's all just variations of the same thing. Not like holy fuck, like mind bending things. Like mm-hmm. to go from like not nothing in my lifetime has changed the way I look at the world. Whereas going to the moon did like did, that but, wasn't but, even a possible. That would be like us figuring out light speed or something like that. Something that we've always believed impossible finally happened but the like the internet is the that's been my whole life your whole life basic i mean i was like i was eight when windows 95 started and like it was crazy like yeah i remember like how quick you could get music and news and but that again is just faster transmission of information Mm -hmm. which we already had that technology. It just wasn't this fast and that readily and affordably available to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Not to downplay the fucking invention of the internet, but that was 30 years. I mean, for it to be widely acceptable or widely used, rather, was in the mid-90s. So that's 30 Yeah, and years. just how much faster it is now, right? And how but much again, more you can... Sure, but that's the same thing, just faster. Yeah. How about something that just... Something that was impossible. I wouldn't have said if I was even older, that no way it'll be... I wouldn't think it's impossible to do what we're already doing just faster. I mean something that's completely mind-bending. Mm-hmm. Something that... Like Gal- like when they said uh, the Earth isn't the center of the universe or the mm-hmm. Earth isn't flat. That shit changed all of humanity's perspective. That was only... Like when we didn't believe it was the center of the universe anymore. It was just... Well, they got uh, like freaking Galileo. burned at the stake. And yeah, and they got... Like, was yeah. that 16th century wow we are way off but yeah yeah i want to be it'd be cool to be actually blown away but we're too cynical and yeah yeah it, 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 it comes a, yeah it comes across as almost like you're not appreciative of all the all the things well i guess but i mean even if something really well aliens like that almost like there's all these yeah. ufo sightings if we could actually confirm that or make communication with them and somehow develop like that would be one of the things i'm talking about mm-hmm. or the but, metaverse man <laughs> definitely not but again we're so goddamn cynical these days that yeah. uh if something like that happened you'd have half the internet saying it's not real so well and unfortunately the biggest kind of world change is is just how society kind of is with the internet and how how information is you know like we talk about all the time with news and and all this stuff it's not like as easy as we went to the moon that's crazy it's like the nature of truth has fundamentally changed in society and politics and stuff but that has Uh, also happened in history where people just lie and believe like well people in charge lie and mm -hmm certain groups believe that and certain groups are fighting that that is not a new thing it's more prevalent and and it's constant now but and you know things like algorithms and i I mean that that just sounds a little silly but but you know what i mean like of course yeah we agree there's things are different now but maybe maybe you're right it's not i'll repeat what i said uh the rate at which all of the things that we're talking about happens is faster but it's not uh fundamentally New. different yeah or fundamentally different we're doing yeah. a lot like we're actually going back we're devolving it's just all <laughs> happening like our behaviors are happening a lot faster i still feel like there's there's something I, I can't think of that is fundamentally different but that'll be uh for another day i can't wait to write a blurb for this like who would have thought that we would get into like technologically techno oh my god 
technology and philosophy in the Austin Powers podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, big themes, man. He was frozen before the moon landing. He was, yeah. And he was unfrozen and, while Friends was on the air. And the only uh, bad part of his, what did they call it, reanimation, was that Mr. Bigglesworth lost all his hair. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't account for the, the freaking <laughs> uh, Will Ferrell there, That's Mustafa. Right. There's so many um, actors in this, like big, bigger yeah. actors. Like you were saying, Carrie Fisher was the freaking therapist yeah, for like random... some reason. And Will Ferrell was the one-off henchman. He's in all of them, I think. Because they go back, Spy Shagme takes place in 69, I think. They go back in time. Okay. Yeah. Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's in it still. But yeah, there were quite a few cameos. Seth Green, obviously. Um what the hell is his name? The guy, the cowboy who is next to him in the stall uh-huh. is Roseanne's ex, Tom Arnold. He's He was big in the 90s. <clears throat> Even like the guy who spotted the big boy in space. That's Ron he, Howard's brother. That's who that is? Yeah. Oh, okay, he's in um, Arrested Development, which makes sense. Which makes sense, yeah. He's in all of Ron Howard's movies. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, he always casts his brother. That, that makes sense. He looks, he looks yeah. Kind of like him. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think we've... Uh, anything more about Austin Powers? Do you care to see the rest of them? I, I do want to see the rest. Yeah. Maybe we'll... Uh, maybe we'll do it different and we'll just watch them both and talk about them both sometime. Or we could do full episodes. I don't really care. Yeah, I mean... We're, we're easy. What do you guys think, yeah. fans? Let us know. Yeah, we well, have... Uh, oh, and I did... Maybe we should have said this at the start... This is uh, one-off for now. We're not, like, back full-time. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do them once in a while, but neither of us are quite ready to dive back in. But we want to keep it alive, keep Yeah, the fans interested. We'll, we'll have a, We'll do a few more. Maybe we will do a couple more Austin Powers and some other stuff, but irregularly. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to keep up to date with us, where do you find us, Robert? Shit. At 007 Bon Voyage. Yeah, I forgot. On Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and 007 Bon Voyage at gmail.com. I should know. I'm on that friggin' Twitter every friggin' day, but I don't. Mm-hmm. It's not like you look at your own handle. Handle or whatever. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's 007 Bon Voyage. So, like, follow, subscribe, all of that stuff, and send us any questions or comments. Uh, any suggestions? Ideas. Yeah, too, suggestions for... would be great. Uh, if any other podcasts would like to collaborate sometime and do a want to fight about yeah. plot holes or whatever, hey, I'm open to it. <laughs> yeah, we can do um, some argumentative things. <laughs> yeah, sure. or, or or friendly just, agreement. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Discuss discussing lots it, of things. Yeah, exactly. Let us know. Uh, hope you enjoyed that, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll be around. Bon voyage, everybody. Bon voyage.